The contents of the lab report are meant for educational purposes only. They are not meant to be misconstrued as medical diagnosis or treatment advice. That's right. Today on The Lab Report, Miranda Alcaraz. Health and fitness influencer and co-founder of Street Parking. And we ask her, where'd that name come from? You mean Miranda? No, it means street parking. Oh. The world of medicine can be challenging. Clinicians and patients are always looking for more options, more effective treatments, and in the end, more answers. Functional and integrative medicine focuses on addressing root causes of disease. Here at Genova Diagnostics, we've watched this field evolve and grow for over 35 years. We've not only adapted, we've led. Join us as we talk about functional medicine, laboratory testing, and optimizing health. Welcome to the Lab Report. So you don't like sci-fi or fantasy movies? No. What movies do you like? Rom-coms? Biographies. True crime documentaries. Hello! Hey, Michael Chapman. Hi, Patty Devers. How are you doing? I am crushing it today and living my best life. How are you doing Well, you today? stole my two options, so oh. I can't come. I'm fine. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Welcome to this podcast. It's brought to you by Genova Diagnostics. It's where we talk about things like functional medicine, specialty lab testing, integrative therapeutics, and the like. Really, you don't get enough real life. You don't get what? enough reality just by living. You've got to also use your escape by learning more about reality. There's always more to learn. And if you'd like to continue to learn with us here at the Lab Report Podcast, maybe go to iTunes or Spotify and perhaps subscribe to the show, rate, review, leave us some stars, some feedback there. Or if you would like a little bit of an escape, write to us at podcast at gdx.net. Tell us what jingle you'd like to hear next. Well, I will say, I think this show is more learning and fun. So I think it is a bit of an escape for some people. I mean, I get it. Learning's important, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But like, don't you ever just want to like... Oh, go somewhere else. Yes. Different planet. Yep. Like just totally escape, get immersed in something. Yeah. Well, I do actually like comedies and I like rom-coms. I'm just not in the place where I can follow a story that has aliens or trolls or hobbits or fake beings. What was the last movie you saw like in the theater theater? Like before the pandemic? Yeah. Um, or since. Dunkirk. Oh, okay. that was a while ago. All right. It was Sorry. a history. Up your alley. Yeah. Historical. Okay. How about you? Frozen 2. We have kids. I went by myself. <laughs> anyway, enough about that. Patty. Yeah. Can you believe who we have on today? Oh, my goodness. Miranda Alcaraz is here. I can't believe it. She's like uber famous. She's been an influencer in the fitness health industry for 20 years. I know. And she's agreed to come on our show. Which is crazy. I know. And so, we. I mean, why waste any more time, <laughs> right? Like, we've been talking about movies, uh, and here we go. So, let's just let's just call Miranda. So, Michael, yes. two words for you. I, I can predict Miranda I, I, Alcaraz. I, mean, I don't know I what know. to say. I don't, I don't either. I just don't know what to say. <laughs> well, let me tell you a little bit about Miranda. <laughs> Miranda Alcaraz is a former CrossFit athlete, trainer, and affiliate owner. She was one of the first women to have competed at the beginning of the CrossFit Games and was a major part of the early growth of that movement. Along with her husband, Julian, she co-founded Street Parking, a thriving online community fitness and training platform. With Miranda's athletic background and entrepreneurial experience combining nearly 20 years in the fitness industry, she's a key influencer as it relates to health and wellness. She has helped thousands and thousands of people achieve their goals through the power of community. And with that, welcome, Miranda. Oh, my gosh. I need you to record that 
to be like my alarm clock. In the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll send it to you. Or it's just like <laughs> setting me up for the day. I'm like, yes, that is me. Let's go do this. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're your hype team. We got you. <laughs> That's great. That's, That's so great. funny. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we understand, you know, kind of that originally you were not a big athlete growing up. So tell us a little bit about your journey into fitness. Yeah, um, I did. I dabbled in sports as most young kids do. Um, the the sport that I played the most of actually, weirdly, was ice hockey because my three older brothers played. But that was when I was super young. And then it was dance and cheerleading and things like that. But no real sports. Um, I did get into fitness just because a few friends of mine were into it and had like a like a tennis club type membership that I would go with one of my friends to. Um, but I didn't really no, I never played sports. So I was active for sure, but nothing competitive at all like that. And I found that in CrossFit almost accidentally. How do you just walked into a gym or a friend? Sent you um, no. So I was a personal trainer already. So like I said, I was into fitness. I, I started working out when I was like 16, um, just with friends mm-hmm. at the, at the local, like, I think it was called lifestyles 2000, like a, like a gold's gym type gym. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we would go to like the cardio kickboxing classes and things like that. Um, And I was a personal trainer uh, and I found CrossFit because I was kind of honestly getting a little bit bored with my own workouts. Mm -hmm. I was mostly doing bodybuilding type workouts, like isolation movements. I dabbled with like really over the top, like kneeling on a BOSU ball while trying to do, you know, stuff on the cable machine at the same time and <laughs> what? what what was called functional fitness, but it almost turned into like circus fitness for mm-hmm. a little bit there, mm-hmm. um, in the early two thousands, I feel, and it's probably still a thing, but, <laughs> yeah. um, I was, I was kind of, uh, bored with my own fitness. So I Googled, um, military training. Cause I thought like, you know, that kind of stuff sounds fun. Like army crawls and things like that are kind of what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. And I found the CrossFit website. This was in 2007. Wow. Early. Um, yeah. And so I just started doing CrossFit for myself first and I was still training my clients the way that I always had Mm -hmm. and just fell in love with it. And then the competition part came when they announced the second year of the CrossFit games, which back then was like, you show up, sign a waiver and they'll tell you what heat you're in. (laughs) Um, it's kind of grown. And I had, (laughs) yeah, I had never done anything like that. And I just really grew to love it. And it was what motivated me um, to train for a while. I really liked that in CrossFit, what, um, what, how you won the CrossFit games or how you would win the CrossFit competition had nothing to do with the way that you looked. Mm -hmm. It was all about uh, what you could do. And I, I thought that made so much more sense than Mm -hmm. like the bodybuilding fitness figure where it's just a panel of judges deciding who they think is the most fit, which is really weird. (laughs) Um, And I, and I, even at a young age, I recognized that that was not accurate. So I love it. And clearly your career has really taken off from there. But in the midst of your CrossFit athletic career, you were sidelined after a serious car accident and then again after a torn ACL. So I think the question is, what lessons do you learn from injuries like that, especially with a career like yours? And and how did that change your trajectory? Yeah, I think I was really lucky because uh, not only wasn't I an athlete, but I was a coach. So I worked for CrossFit for eight years on their seminar staff and Um, I was a trainer before I found CrossFit. So 
my job was to help people who are of all different ability levels learn how to move. Mm -hmm. And so I had a really good knowledge of that. And so I was in a car accident in 2012 where I actually, this is doctors that are listening to this, so I can say this and (laughs) actually mean something. But I had had an unstable uh, hangman's fracture on my C2 fracture. Mm -hmm. It was broken in two places. And I had to have my um, C2 and C3 fused, like in an emergency Whoa. surgery type situation. And at that point, I was 29 years old. And I was like, I don't Whoa. know if I'm going to be able to not only compete, but like even exercise the way that I've mm-hmm. been used to sure. this whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, am I about to lose something that means so much to me? Mm-hmm. And I came out of the surgery uh, relatively, not unscathed, obviously, <laughs> but um doing okay. Like very little like neurological damage or anything like that. And I, but I was in a neck brace for Mm -hmm. a while and just knew because of my training background that continuing to move, um, in, in a safe way, of course, it would help my recovery and continue to have really good blood flow and continue certain hormones that are going to help all the tissue recovery and all that stuff. So I kept moving and I was doing like air squats and lunges and just going on hikes and things like that um, while my neck healed. And I was able to come back the next year and compete. What? Wow. Um, and I competed for three years after that. Um, wow. And so I just learned, it taught me even more than I already knew about scaling and the importance of not only the physical benefits when you're recovering of continuing to move, but it allowed me to still feel like myself Mm -hmm. Um, because if I would have just laid in bed until I was healed or whatever, which (laughs) is never completely right. Mm -hmm. Um, I would have lost a lot of my sense of self. Um, I didn't dip into any sort of like depression or anything like that. When I was going through that, I know it's so important for the psychological stuff too. So Mm -hmm. it just re-ingrained a lot of stuff that I believed. And now I knew it for sure to be true because I had experienced it myself. Love it. Love it. What what an amazing story. Yeah. Well, your current online training platform is called Street Parking, which you founded with your husband, Julian. First, can you tell us where did the name come from and what was the overall goal of founding Street Parking? Yeah. So after I tore my ACL, so that was three years after I had um, broken my neck and the ACL tear did come in competition. It came in Mm. the middle of the CrossFit game. Mm. Um, And it was kind of the moment where I was like, you know, I should probably stop putting so much time and effort. I was like 33, 34. And I, it was a, it was a moment for me to decide what I was going to do next Mm -hmm. because, um, yeah, it was, it was one of those moments. Anyway, um, after that I was traveling a lot. I, for the first time had like a full-time job that was during the week because when I worked for CrossFit, it was only on weekends. So I had a lot of time to train. So I was working an actual real full-time job, still working for CrossFit, not trying to compete anymore. And so I was posting a lot of workouts that were in hotel rooms or done really quickly in like my apartment gym or things like that. And I noticed that my Instagram following, which was pretty big because of uh, my background, um, people were tagging each other saying, we could do this workout. Like, Hey, let's try this one. Oh my gosh, this one, she just did it with dumbbells. And it was a different response than what I was getting when I was competing. And, and for lack of a better explanation, showing off mm-hmm. on my Instagram, right, right. it was, yeah, it was now much more relatable and much more useful content mm-hmm. for people. Um, and I, I really thought that was cool. And then Julian is actually how you pronounce oh, it. He was, it's okay. He was, uh, my boyfriend at the time and he lived in LA 
crazy traffic all the time. So he would work out at home sometimes and, and noticed a similar pattern when he would post workouts at home. So we thought we should create just a separate Instagram page for people who don't have access to a gym for whatever reason. And the name came from, if you turn your garage into a gym, you have to park your car in the street. Oh, so. <laughs> nice. Yes. Nice. Well, tell us a little bit about it because I know that there, I mean, clearly you're dealing with people who aren't athletes, right? And then you're dealing with some elite athletes. Can both types of people join street parking? Like how do you delineate the workouts there? Yeah. So again, my background as a coach is what has allowed me to do this and and just working for years in CrossFit and traveling all over and seeing so many different types of bodies and fitness levels. Um, The idea behind street parking is it started out first as just an Instagram page. And then we had started like a little membership. Our goal was to have like a hundred members in this small community, which grew much bigger than that. But the idea was some people only have money for space for uh, or what, or stuck in a hotel room, they might only have access to something like a pair of dumbbells. Mm-hmm. Some other people might have taken it a little bit further. Maybe they have a bar and plates at home. Mm-hmm. Um, or other people might have completely decked out garage gyms or they're still working out at, at gyms. You don't, I knew, you don't have to change the workout completely. You just have to know how to modify it to meet those different equipment needs. Mm -hmm. So it started out as three versions of the workout every day, depending on um, what equipment that you have. And again, my coaching background, I wanted to show all the different customizations, modifications for different ability level as well, because I didn't ever want that to be a hindrance. So we started out with the three different versions. It was the same workout. We tried to make it as clear as possible. One of them is not easier or better or worse than the other. It's just equipment. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we noticed that there was even still a population who might need an even more simple version of the workout, but not again, a completely different program or a completely different workout. So we started programming what's called the shift program, which is a more simple version of the workout. And just to give an example, if the main workout has back squats in it, the shift program might have a single kettlebell held at the chest and they're doing goblet squats or maybe even just air squats. Mm -hmm. It's not a completely different thing. The stimulus is similar, but it's for a different fitness level. This is the program that a lot of our pregnant and postpartum athletes or people returning from injury will use and things like that. Um, We have other programs as well, but those are the main ones. Got it. Got it. And you know, you, we also know you are the mom of two beautiful children. And as you sort of alluded to, your street parking program has an interesting perspective on how it relates to pregnancy and postpartum health. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of exercise during pregnancy and postpartum? And perhaps, you know, some people might be a little bit concerned about potential dangers. Yeah, that's a great question. So funny, when we started the Instagram page, it was like uh, November of 2016, I think three days later, definitely within a week, I found out that I was pregnant and it was not a planned, it was not a planned pregnancy. (laughs) (laughs) And so we had, we thought we had this cool idea for a fitness page and I was really well known as being this athlete. And then it's like, Oh crap, I'm pregnant. No one's going to follow this. Like no one's going to want (laughs) the universe is like, here, have a baby. (laughs) Yeah. No one wants to see Miranda pregnant. Like this is, this is, it's over for us. This program is not going to work. Um, but it actually had the exact opposite effect um, because w- it was another step at making me, where people are used to seeing me as an athlete, more relatable. And I mean, I don't know what the exact statistic is, but a very high percentage of women at some point in their life will be pregnant or have had babies. And so the audience that 
this relates to is very big. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, your question was, what are, what are you guys think or believe about fitness while you're pregnant? And I do believe that it's, first of all, I'm not highly educated in pregnancy uh, exercise or postpartum fitness. And I knew that. And I believe wholeheartedly that you have to know what you know and know what you don't know. So mm-hmm. I, in that first pregnancy, reached out to a professional. She's uh, Brianna Battles. Okay. And she helped me with my journey. She works usually specifically with athletes. Um, we've also worked with BirthFit. And now in street parking, we have a full-time pregnancy and postpartum coach hmm. who is both Brianna Battles and BirthFit certified. She was a BirthFit regional director um, for a while in Beverly Hills. And she works for us full-time now. So nice. she's the one in our program that's going to help guide people. Yeah. But our belief is um, that everybody's going to be very different. And I know a common suggestion from many doctors is in most cases, if it's something that you were doing before you were pregnant, you can probably continue to do it aside from like if what you were doing before was like, I don't know, rock climbing or something, <laughs> super dangerous, something like that. Yeah, right. Right. Um, but they helped me uh, to know to learn about things like diastases and how to like notice when you're coning and all of these things that you just don't know until you are pregnant. And even most, many people go through their entire pregnancy and postpartum and never hear these terms or never learn about this stuff. Um, and so they helped guide me that way, but we do believe that unless there's, uh, complications in your pregnancy or things like that, that put you on bed rest that again, psychologically, it's so great for you to continue moving. I know, um, I didn't deal with as much like swelling and all of that kind of stuff. I felt pretty good in both of my pregnancies. Um, and delivery and birth is, is very physically hard. And so, you know, one of the things that BirthFit will talk about all the time is it's the biggest athletic event of your life. And the last thing that you, the last thing that you (laughs) want to do is kind of lay around for nine months and then <laughs> and then have to go through that so um our belief is to try to keep people moving in a safe way as much as possible and then we do believe in a good solid four weeks of not trying to four to six weeks or or until your doctor clears you or whatever of not trying to do anything maybe you start walking and things like that postpartum but we are not a program of bounce back get back into it, waist trainers, belly bands, all this stuff. That's not who we are at all. We, we have a program that slowly builds back with isolation type movements and low intensity stuff. And then we help reintroduce them into the shift program. And then when, depending on the person, they can go back to the regular program. Perfect. Well, let me take this a step further because now here you are with toddlers and a husband and a job. Do you have advice for parents who are trying to fit these workouts in? Like, what do you tell parents to try to motivate them? She's talking about me. <laughs> Ultimately. <laughs> I mean, it's hard, right? It's first of all, the first year. So our second just turned one and we have one of our staff here who has like, a, I think he's like five weeks old. Um, and it's, you, you're not sleeping. Mm-hmm. And if you're the mom, you're still kind of healing. But even after that initial healing period, like it's your schedule, your whole world changes and it becomes about these little guys and you, whatever schedule you think you have <laughs> is not like you, you have to let go of that. Like very quickly you, right. you realize that. Um, so the nice thing about street parking is one of the things that we talk about a lot is this concept of more than nothing and how that contributes to consistency. What I've found over the past 20 years that it's never about 
one perfect specific program, whether that's fitness or nutrition. It's not specific workouts or what weight you used or what it was. It's consistency and being able to continue moving, whether you're injured, whether you're pregnant, whether you're postpartum, whether you're busy, whether you're traveling. If you can figure out a way to continue moving, you're going to be much better off than if you're like sometimes all all the way on and sometimes all the way off. Right. And so for us, we see our members doing like air squats next to the bathtub while their kids are in the bath. And they're like, this is like they come into the program thinking there's no way this is going to be good enough. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I have to be able to go to the gym for an hour and do this like set list of exercises. And I told our guy out here, he said, I, I was so tired, you know, it was hard for me to work out. And of course, sometimes it's right to rest, but I told him, you know what, just put 10 minutes on the clock, start the workout. If at 10 minutes you're like, that's it. I, I can't like, that's all I can do. Then stop. Mm-hmm. Most often what will happen is you'll be like, you know what, now that I'm moving, I'm actually fine. I'm going to go ahead and finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons that we love dumbbells, we use sandbags a lot. is because they're a lot safer to do fitness around kids with mm-hmm. a pair of dumbbells or a sandbag than it is if you're like wielding a barbell all over the place. <laughs> yeah. um, and the workouts can be done in your living room. We have a library of workouts that require no equipment at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just have to let go of what you think it needs to look like and really latch on to this idea of consistency at all costs. Even if you think that was the most ridiculous, unaffected or ineffective workout <laughs> ever, because I was interrupted seven times right. the other day during the workout, my son wanted to go ride a scooter. So I ended up switching out box jumps for a run. Mm. And I was like, well, he wants to scooter. So I'm just going to run instead of do box jumps. And then he came back with me and I did the workout and then we ran instead of box jumps again. And you just have to let go of the expectations. I love that. Plus there's the added bonus of how hilarious those little ones look when they try to imitate what you're doing. (laughs) Or they're on your back while you're doing (laughs) pushups or whatever it is. It's the best. And you know what is honestly, um, our sons, especially my, so my first is he'll be four in August he doesn't know that people park their cars in the garage. Like he's never seen that. <laughs> he, he doesn't know anyone <laughs> um, because my whole family lives in Utah and I definitely have some relatives that do that. But uh, Julian's mom, she lives here and she watches them, but her garage is also a gym. Our whole staff kind of has that going on. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't like, <laughs> it's so normal to them that he's going to be confused <laughs> at one point. Like, wait, your parents don't, at 4 p.m., like, <laughs> do this in the garage. So I think it's so great. Yeah, you've got to get that on Instagram the first time he's at a friend's house or something. Like, he's like, what's the car doing his inside? His dad crashed the car into the gym. <laughs> <laughs> well, so great. Uh, switching gears a little bit, because we talk a lot about diet on this show and nutrition, and there's so many different camps out there, and they each seem to have, uh, some of them have strong opinions on diets and macros and things of that nature. How do you guys approach nutrition, either yourself and within the street parking community? Yeah, so um, I've done a lot of the very specific diets that are common within like the CrossFit community and even before CrossFit, I mean, when I was in the bodybuilding community more, it was like cans of tuna fish and protein shakes and just very, very effective, but boring and not healthy. Um, so our approach is to take all the information, the best information from a lot of these other diets, the zone diets, macros, paleo, whatever, 
and what's actually really necessary for people to do and what's them just kind of trying to have their, for lack of a better term, I guess, gimmick. And at the end of the day, macros sounds scientific and nerdy, but it's just how many protein, carbs, and fat are you eating and what ratios and caloric load that's right for you. Like that's, that's all that it is. And we start out by encouraging people to eat more fruits and veggies and to consume protein at least three times a day. Like that's where we start. Now, of course, we have a lot of people that come in that are already doing that. And so the next place that we take them is use your hand and that can be your eyeball method of measurement. Because again, if we're telling people, all you need to work out is dumbbells, but to eat, you've got to carry around this food scale and these cups, like that doesn't, mm-hmm. that doesn't jive, right? So it's like, hey, eat the protein serving that's one size of the palm of your hand. For men, it's two. And, you know, there's all these different, where we try to get them to do that. We try to get them to eliminate soda and, and processed foods and sugars. Um, but it's never an all at once drastic change. We Mm -hmm. encourage small Mm -hmm. changes one at a time. Again, anything that you're not planning on keeping forever is not, you shouldn't be doing it at all. Like Mm -hmm. don't, don't stop drinking soda. If you plan on picking it back up again in 12 weeks, maybe drop one and know that you're going to try to keep that forever and then drop another one in a few weeks or whatever. Um, we do have templates that our members can buy that are more specific proportions based on their body size, their goals and their activity level and things like that. But that's like the last stage that we would take people to. Um, so yeah, different tools we have for people, but it's basically eat real food in the proportions that are right for your body and, uh, you know, and keep it simple. Yeah. It's great yeah. advice. You'll really. get more compliance that way. That's and right. you're talking more about long-term lifestyle change <laughs> rather than kind of a fad diet. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, it's a tough sell. You guys know mm-hmm. the way that you guys approach, uh, the medical field and the health field, it sounds like is the same way. Like it's, a, it's a tough sell. Mm-hmm. People want to, but what, but what supplements do I need? And right. Like, right. You don't, right. There are some that you can add in that might be helpful, but you really don't need any of it. Mm-hmm. Um, just like you don't need a full gym to work out. Mm-hmm. Um, and we try to simplify all of it so that it's sustainable forever. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I mean, there's such great advice for all of our clinicians and even patients that are listening because that motivation and habit change is difficult. And so I appreciate, I appreciate, appreciate your message of consistency and that more than nothing approach. And there's a lot of great takeaways for our audience to make these lasting changes. And we just want to encourage all of our audience to go to streetparking.com because not only can you sign up for these things, but there's blogs, there's podcasts, there's a lot of really great education there. And we're so grateful to have met you, Miranda, and to have you on the show. But before I let you go, we do have one last question for you. I have one last uh, out of left field question. It's our fun question called oh. the fireball. <laughs> okay. And uh, the fireball. we've been talking a lot about animals for no reason lately. And do you have a favorite wild animal? Oh, my gosh. Um, I used to want to be a dolphin trainer. <laughs> so I guess like that's like so cliche of like a girl that grew up in the 90s, I feel like. It's like, I want to be a dolphin trainer. Like, where did we all get that from? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess I'll go, I'll go with that. That's good. <laughs> good That's answer. Good. And the dolphin, it happens to be a popular animal around here. So. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Very good graceful. Reason, I think. Very but. graceful. But Miranda Alcaraz, thank you so much for spending time. And like I said, encouraging everyone to go to streetparking.com to check out all the amazing things you offer there. And thank you so much for spending time with us yeah, today. Thanks so much. Thank you. 
Man, that was awesome. And it gets me thinking, what can I do with my garage? <laughs> you know what I mean? There's there's plenty of ops. I mean, I could turn it into a gym. I to think be you fair. should. I think you should. Yeah, I probably should. I don't even know where to start. Like <laughs> The floor is concrete. I probably should do something with that first. Well, Where do you start when you turn your garage into a gym? First, you take the car out of the garage, number one. Okay. But, good, but good to know. I think in line with what Miranda was talking about, even in the way she approaches fitness, I mean, turning your, your garage into a gym or trying to become fit seems overwhelming, but you just start with one little thing and that just more than nothing approach that she takes. So like sneakers? Yeah. Where do you buy sneakers? Oh, my God. Next time on The Lab Report, movie reviews by Patty Devers. <laughs> what are you going to review for us, Patty? Seven years in Tibet. <sighs> More like, this movie felt seven years long. Yeah, it was terrible. You've been listening to The Lab Report. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and leave us a review. To learn more about Genova Diagnostics, visit our website at gdx.net. There you'll find information on specific testing, educational resources, and how to connect with our show. Call us at 1-800-522-4762 or email us at podcast at gdx.net. So we got dolphin again, yeah. fireball. Yeah. How do we know, or what's the criteria by which we change up the fireball question? I think if an animal gets to three, then we're there. Okay. Dolphins so Dolphins have a strong lead here. It's up to two. So then what? I, I mean, if dolphins get to three, it's so long and thanks for all the fish. Don't panic. <laughs>